This is the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode 21 of the Illumina Genomics Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Broman, and I'm a scientific liaison here at Illumina. Every podcast, I interview genomics experts who are shaping our understanding of science and nature. According to the World Health Organization, cancer is the second leading cause of death globally, with almost one in six deaths due to cancer. At the cellular level, cancer is caused by a failure in the normal checks and balances that control the number of cells in our bodies. At the molecular level, this breakdown in control can be caused by errors or mutations in certain types of genes. Errors in epigenetic mechanisms, the molecular switches that turn genes on and off, can also lead to loss of cell control and cancer. Next-generation sequencing, or NGS, can be used to study the epigenome, the full complement of epigenetic mechanisms that regulate gene activity. Today, I'm at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm talking with Dr. Peter Scaccheri. Dr. Scaccheri is Associate Professor of Genetics and Genome Sciences at Case Western. Peter's lab is interested in understanding how epigenomics and enhancer sequences are involved in understanding human disease and development. He started our conversation by explaining the concept of the epigenome. The epigenome is regulated by transcription factors and has a whole bunch of other uh, modified histones on it that all collectively uh, work together to influence gene expression. A neat way to think about the epigenome is that basically every cell in your body has the same DNA, but yet you have a whole bunch of different cell types. And those gene expression programs that drive all of those different cell types is driven by the epigenome. During differentiation, so from one cell type to another, or say when an embryonic stem cell differentiates to the various germ layers, there's specific transcription factors that bind to regions of chromatin and open it up and help activate specific genes. So a lot of the dynamic changes in the epigenome are really driven by transcription factors. Enhancers are regions, or little segments of DNA, that are located outside of genes. These enhancer regions are the targets of transcription factors which are proteins that bind to these DNA segments to turn genes on or off. They function very much like dimmer switches to control the levels of genes, but it's not just the levels of, of a gene's expression, it's the timing of their expression. So a classic analogy for an enhancer element is like a dimmer switch, right? I mean, we all have dimmer switches in our dining rooms to control a level of light to set the, to set the mood of the room. It's sort of the same thing in the cell. The cell has a dimmer switch or actually a set of dimmer switches to control the levels of genes and the timing of their expression. But it's actually way more complicated than that in the cell. It's infinitely more complicated. <laughs> so I had you picture a dimmer switch, but actually a better analogy is actually to picture a, a soundboard. They have thousands of dials and, and each one is precisely tuned to control you know, the level of sound. The cell does the same thing. I mean, it has thousands of these switches to control genes and they're all fine-tuned to a specific position to control that gene's expression. Only about 2% of our genome is made up of genes that ultimately get translated into proteins. The other 98% of DNA 
has in the past sometimes been referred to as junk DNA, mainly because it wasn't clear what that 98% was doing in the cell. But Peter explained that this junk DNA, or non-coding DNA, is actually where all of these enhancers are found. For a long time, we referred to the DNA outside the genes as junk DNA, but we know now that all this is loaded up with regulatory elements and a huge fraction of those are these gene enhancer elements. And it makes sense, right? I mean, controlling a gene's expression you know, is a very complicated process. Lots of right? inputs go into yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of inputs. And so it just makes sense that DNA, a lot of the portions of DNA would be dedicated to that critical process of controlling gene expression appropriately. So enhancers are important in regulating which genes get turned on and when. But I wanted to know if enhancers played any role in human diseases, like cancer. Well, some genes, called oncogenes, have the potential to cause cancer if they're turned on. And turning on another type of gene, called tumor suppressors, can actually block a cell from progressing to cancer. Peter used his soundboard analogy to describe how enhancers impact cancer through regulating the expression of oncogenes and tumor suppressor genes. Regulatory elements and, and non-coding DNA are really telling us a lot about cancer, how cancer develops and how cancer progresses. Specifically, coming back to that soundboard analogy where you have all the dials tuned to a specific place and it's turning on or it's, it's regulating a very specific gene expression program. In cancer, gene expression's gone haywire. And a lot of those genes that, that are misexpressed are associated with altered gene enhancer activity. You know, one way to think of this is, again, the soundboard's tuned to a special position, and what comes out is a beautiful symphony. But in cancer, it's a cacophony. All the dials are in the wrong place. There are certain dials that are turned way, way up, okay? And those can result in the activation of oncogenes. There are certain dials that are turned way, way down that can shut down tumor suppressors. Peter explained that there's a scientific consensus that certain mutations in oncogenes or in tumor suppressor genes can lead to cancer. But high-throughput sequencing technologies are giving scientists a better understanding of how gene regulation can also drive cancer. You know, our thinking all along has been the genetics is driving cancers. That's 100% accurate. But I think what's been less appreciated is you can also have these epigenetic changes that are also activating these oncogenes and shutting down these tumor suppressors. And it's all at the level of the epigenome that this is happening. People have already found lots of examples. So, you know, I think the tools that we had available to us to study the epigenome just as recently as 10 years ago were kind of antiquated. And there's been an amazing progress there. I mean, we can now, you know, we could sequence the whole epigenome. We know specific histone modifications that are associated with these enhancer elements. We know specific transcription factors that are associated with these enhancer elements. The increase in knowledge about what these regulatory elements look like, coupled with the ability to examine them or analyze them genome-wide, has really led to an explosion. And so you see altered enhancer activity across just about any cancer you, you look in. Scientists are constantly on the lookout for new drug targets for cancer, and several drugs have been developed that target specific oncogenes in specific cancers. Peter believes that the epigenome will ultimately unlock a wealth of new drug targets in cancer. What's exciting about that is that, you know, once you know, okay, this is a fundamental or an underlying mechanism by which this oncogene is activated, per se, in a given cancer, you have a new way to think about therapy. It's not only about targeting a mutated gene, but it could be also targeting 
it apparently activated oncogene as a result of its enhancer being switched on, yeah. right? We can think about ways to try and shut that enhancer back down, right? We can block the transcription factors that bind to it. Uh, it also tells us in a lot of ways which genes in cancer are important, okay? You see these genes that are all of a sudden switched on in cancer. They have these enhancers, these big giant enhancers that are turned on. That's sort of telling us, okay, these are relevant regions of the cancer epigenome that we ought to consider thinking about for therapeutics. Enhancers are involved in cancer, specifically in tumorogenesis, the process of tumor formation. Peter discussed his recent work, published this year in the journal Nature Medicine. He and his team showed that enhancers are also involved in cancer metastasis, the process of cells breaking away from the original tumor and spreading to other sites in the body. And also in cancer progression as well. So we have a paper coming out in Nature Medicine soon that's demonstrating that alter enhancer activity is also driving metastasis. In other words, you have in cancer, you have a whole bunch of these switches turned on and turned off, and that's clearly helping the cancer turn into a cancer. Right. But there seems to be other switches that are turned on and off that appear to be driving metastasis as well. And you can block metastasis in animal models by shutting those switches back down. We can look at the epigenome, we can find changes in the epigenome in the metastatic cells that aren't in the primary tumor cells from which the metastasis was derived, and then we can experimentally test those genes' contribution to the metastatic phenotype. Peter described the tools he uses to study the epigenome. He also described the impact that the development of NGS has had on the study of enhancers and epigenetics. Um, so we use a lot of sequencing technology. We do a lot of uh, this technique called chromatin immunoprecipitation coupled with sequencing or ChIP-seq. So we do a ton of ChIP-seq to map these factors that bind to these regulatory elements or to map these chromatin states across the epigenome. So a lot of, a lot of sequencing-based technologies to sort of map things genome-wide. 10, 15 years ago, a lot of it was, a lot of it was about making our best guess and saying, okay, we think this gene or this, this region of DNA is important to cancer or to whatever disease. And we, and we focused our efforts on studying that one specific region. But Sometimes we get it wrong. Yeah, and most of the time we got it wrong, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's, it's only until we had techniques available uh, and sequencing technologies available and computing technology available to really collect all the information across the, gene, the whole genome at one time and let the data tell us where to look. In the cell nucleus, genomic DNA exists as chromatin, a complex made up of DNA, RNA, and proteins. Chromatin has a three-dimensional structure that can regulate how genes are switched on or off, and Peter described how NGS is being used to determine chromatin structure. One of the other type of data that's becoming very popular with respect to epigenomic type analyses is this data where you're looking at three-dimensional conformation chromatin. The DNA is not, it's not linear in the cell, right? It's packaged up in a ball. looks like a big ball of string, but there's structure to that, okay? Yeah. It's not just a random assortment or it's not just a random packing of spaghetti, if you will. It has, it has a defined organization to the whole thing. And we can now, we now have methods to be able to study that and to determine how that influences gene expression. And there's a million questions that we can start to address with this. You know, you know what is the, yeah. the structure of chromatin in a cell? I think we're starting to get some handle on that. Um, but how does it differ between cell types? How does it differ in disease Yeah, states, disease, for sure. Right? How do specific polymorphisms or mutations affect the structure? 
right? What does it look like in cancer? What does it look like by genes that are, that are switched on by these enhancer elements? We then discussed an interesting research article Peter published in Nature Communications last year, titled, Hotspots of Aberrant Enhancer Activity Punctuate the Colorectal Cancer Epigenome. In this paper, Peter and his team consistently found changes in specific enhancers in colorectal cancer, which they termed hotspots. We started with a cohort of human colon cancer cell lines. We had some primary tumor tissue as well. We were curious about what the epigenome looks like in these colon cancer cells, and specifically what these enhancers look like. Well, we knew that there were going to be lots of enhancer changes, um, but we wanted to know, well, what happens when you, when you start to map these enhancer changes across a large cohort of patients? You know, do you start to see patterns in the data? And so that's what we did, and that's what we saw. We mapped the epigenome of about 40 colorectal tumors. And we saw that, sure enough, there were these hot spots. Okay, so there were these specific regions of the epigenome where you just had really strong, robust enhancer activity, and it was consistent across almost all of these samples. And they seem to be by genes that are oncogenes and are clearly important for regulating the cancer phenotype. So that was sort of the, the first discovery of that paper: this idea that there are these hot spots, there are these hot spots of aberrant enhancer activity. A genome-wide association study, or GWAS, is a technique that allows scientists to find genes involved in human diseases or traits. In episode 18, I talked about GWAS with Dr. Struan Grant of the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. GWAS, or genome-wide association studies, is really the study of common variants and their association with disease. And if you have sufficient sample size, in the thousands of, say, cases versus controls, and you run them across a genotyping array, you are well-placed, if there is a sufficient genetic basis to the disease, to uncover genetic associations with that given trait. In a GWAS study, the genome is scanned for small DNA variations, called SNPs, that occur more frequently in people with a particular disease or trait. Peter found that Colorectal cancer-associated SNPs were enriched in the epigenetic hotspots he discovered. We've had some evidence from prior studies that we did and others have done to show that a lot of the SNPs, a lot of the GWAS SNPs that confer risk to diseases, map to enhancer elements. What we did is we took all of the risk SNPs that predispose to colon cancer, and there's a whole bunch of regions that have been identified, about 70 of them. And we just asked the question, well, are any of them falling in these hotspots in the colon cancer cells? And sure enough, about half of them were hitting these, these specific hotspots. And so that to us said, all right, there's something about these regions. Not only do you have these big epigenetic changes at these sites, but there's evidence that there's genetic susceptibility at, at these same regions. So it's like a convergence of the epigenetic and the genetic events yeah. at the same spots in the genome. And we thought that was that was solid evidence that these regions were important yeah. and you should pay attention to that. Peter talked about the challenges in applying NGS to the study of enhancers and epigenetics. Identifying which results are the most important for biology requires confirmatory studies using additional methods. Peter uses CRISPR-based gene editing techniques to delete, or knock out, enhancers in cells, and to look for biological changes. Anytime you're doing genome-wide approaches, there's a lot you find. And trying to home in and specifically 
test the function of individual genes, trying to figure out what's important and what specifically to follow from the massive amount of data that you get is always a challenge. We have the techniques now to do a lot of the downstream experiments, right? We have CRISPR available to us. We can knock right. out genes, we can knock out enhancers, but it's always, it's always a challenge to figure out the best approach to take. You know, a lot of times, for instance, you'll discover not just one transcription factor that you think is important for regulating the epigenome, but you'll find, you know, you use computational approaches and you'll narrow it down to 20. And it's like, okay, well, do we have to knock out all 20 <laughs> of these individually? You know, this could, this could take us a long time. And do you have to combine the, the right. knockouts? Right, exactly. Or... Thinking about combinations of these. You know, now it's like, okay, we have the technologies to do these, but what do we focus on? But then also, do we think about technologies where we can knock out all 20 at once, right? We can do CRISPR screening-based methods and things like that. It's always sort of narrowing down to create a somewhat simplistic model that makes sense, that helps, helps you understand the biology. Looking ahead over the next five or 10 years, Peter is most excited about the possibility of treating cancer using drugs that target the epigenome. Drugging the epigenome and drugging transcription for the treatment of cancer is what I'm most excited about. I think that there's several new molecules, small molecules, that, that act on these specific factors that regulate the epigenome. And cancer is a disease of the epigenome in a lot of ways. And so I'm really excited to see how, how this affects the treatment of cancer. That's what I'm most excited about. Well, Peter, thanks very much for you know, sitting down with us and talking with us. And thanks for joining us on the Illumina Genomics Podcast. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. So NGS is allowing scientists to better understand chromatin structure, epigenetics, and control of gene expression in normal and tumor cells. This understanding is leading to new drug targets for cancer and has the potential for yielding new methods for treating cancer in the future. But that's all for now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of our interviews with genomics experts. Join me next time when I'll be talking with Dr. Charles Rotini, Senior Investigator of Metabolic, Cardiovascular, and Inflammatory Disease Genomics at the National Human Genome Research Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, We'll be discussing interethnic differences in genetic and environmental risk factors in populations of African ancestry here on the Illumina Genomics Podcast. Mm -hmm.